Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This was a great conversation with my friend Clarence Lee Jr., author, flight surgeon, uh, dad, father, husband, super solid dude, great book, check it out on Amazon called Persist if you want to get yourself motivated. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. A couple of the key nuggets is talking through getting remarried, talking about uh, getting through feeling like a deadbeat dad, uh, persistence, obviously, and then how fatherhood changed his life. I know you're going to dig this, so enjoy. Before we get started, I do have a big announcement during the month of November 2019. I need your help. I love fatherhood. I desire to be the man, husband, father my family deserves, and I want to find joy and contentment in fatherhood as well as leave a mark and a legacy on this earth, and I believe other men like you feel the same way. After 18 years of journaling, I have created a fatherhood legacy journal. It is a daily journal with intentional questions and monthly training exercises to help intentional and engaged fathers. Now, this will not come out unless it is funded. So please right now go to kickstarter.com. It's a crowdfunding website. Search for Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to our Rebel and Create Facebook or Rebel and Create Instagram. There's links there to a five-minute video of me with my family talking about this journal and what I desire it to be and how I believe it can help you. Now, just know that uh, this is about fatherhood. It's not just about one father. Fatherhood is a group of fathers who share in similar character as we live to be the men that our families need. So please go check that out right now. I need your help. It's almost funded, but it will not happen without you. All right, here we are, another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. I'm super pumped to be hanging out with my friend Clarence. What's up, Clarence? What's up, man? I'm I'm excited to be here, bro. Dude, just even seeing you, it's funny. So Clarence and I have known each other, it's probably been three years now. We met at Makuni, uh 25th anniversary yes. uh, sushi, like it was a sushi restaurant, but they yeah. had a 25th anniversary, and I was on, I had a broken ankle. <laughs> And you came up, dude, dressed to the nines, looking sick. And you're like, hey, tell me about your ankle. Because you are a doctor. Yes. <laughs> and you had broken your ankle, I yeah. think, a year or two prior. Yeah, it was it was weird. I mean, I, I had just got out of that thing uh, not even a year ago. And then I see you on it. And I'm like, I'm going to go encourage this dude because I used yeah. to be in that same thing on that same scooter. Wheeling around like an <laughs> idiot because you have like this little scooter with your foot up. And you're scooting around like you don't want to go to anything. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I got to get out there. I got to meet people. Yeah. Whatever. And you were there, man. You, there. Were, you were doing it. I was trying. Um, okay. So Clarence is amazing. We have a really tight relationship. Um, you are an, a, a flight surgeon. You are an author. You are a doctor. You are a dad. And you are a coach. Yeah. And I'm sure other things too. Yeah. So once we met, you actually... Um, we had been talking for a while and then I was transitioning some things and I, I've actually had a, 
like a business personal coach the last five years and felt like it was time to kind of re get into that. And I knew you did it. And so, um, hit you up and then we started this up in like January. No, maybe February, March. It was March of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, and I, as we were out to record, I'm like, (laughs) dude, I actually don't like you all the time. (laughs) The first coaching call we had was, I told you, yeah, I'm working on this book and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, pick one, pick one. (laughs) And it's like, our calls are at 6am on every other Tuesday. And I remember after the call, walking up to my sink in my office and literally in my mind saying, what the F just happened? (laughs) But what do you know, man, the book is out. The book is out. I sold a few hundred copies and it's there and it's done. Yeah. And you're, you're making, you're moving forward and everything, man. Pick one at a time and we knocked them out and you're knocking them out, dude. Yeah. Now we're, now we're doing this journal. I was looking at my annual goals for this year and one of them was launch my book. And I'm like, dude, that's old news almost. It's like now I'm in the middle of launching this fatherhood legacy journal, yeah, which man. I'm more excited about because I think it's such a great tool for people. Absolutely. But hey, and this isn't kickst- about me, bro. This is about you. The Kickstarter's <laughs> crushing right now too. So. Um, okay, so I would love for, you know, I know you to some level, um, but I like people who are listening to get to know you a little bit more. So, yeah. so how old are you? I am 38. 38, and you're married. How many years have you been married? married? We've been married seven years. And how many kids you have? We've got five kids. Dang, what an idiot. <laughs> five. Dude, that's awesome. And how old yeah. are your kids? So I've got 13, I've got five, three, and we just welcomed some twins. So we've got six-month-old twins uh, oh, at home man. as well. Dude. Yeah, man. Wild. You're living that twin life right now. Oh, and it is It is real. <laughs> They're busy. I mean, you know, it's it's all the way live, twenty four seven at the house, man. But you know, I I love it, dude. I I, I love being a dad. So yeah. it's a it's a big role that I that I, I I'm I'm honored to have. Yeah, yeah, so good. So what do you do on a daily basis? What is the the work you do to provide for your family? Oh my gosh, Whew. I do a lot of things. I was like, I know this question is coming. Um, so I'm a physician. I'm a physician by trade. Went to medical school. Trained in a general surgery. I did that for the Air Force for a while. I was a flight surgeon. So I basically is the guy that uh, flies in the back of the jet with the pilots. My specialty was making sure the pilot could medically do what he needed to do. Mm. Um, And uh, after medical school, I started to kind of dive into my passions a little bit more. And, you know, one of my gifts is encouragement. So I was trying to figure out how I could package encouragement and do that more often. Um, I, I mean, your hat says persist. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, so, um, I, uh, I, I started, uh, speaking. So I started speaking and then from there I, I wrote a book and do online courses and then started coaching other people to kind of take their passions and make things happen out of them. Yeah, man. So it's beautiful, man. And it's working and it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. a grind though, huh? It is. It is. I mean, every day I think just waking up with that in, intention um, that's outside of just going and getting some money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm waking up, I'm, I'm changing lives and what I'm doing and I'm using my gifts. So I feel like God gave me the gift for a reason. And so if I wake up, I want to make sure I use it that day. Yeah. So, so that's kind of why I have all the roles. Yeah. You know, that's good. <clears throat> Um, okay. So as you've, you know, father of five and you've already had kids, kind of the baby season, toddler season, getting to elementary middle school age now. Yeah. 13. Mm, yep. What has been some of the best resources to you as a father? Um, honestly, other fathers, <laughs> uh, I'd probably say the number one thing is just being able to talk to other dads and families, uh, to see how they've kind of navigated in, in, and uh, 
managed things. But I probably say that's the first thing I say is the biggest resource is uh, other dads. So well, once I became a dad, surrounded myself with other guys. That how I do you do that? Um, how do I find the other dads? Yeah. I, school, I mean, you know, church. Church, we found a bunch of people at church. Um, and then other older men uh, that I knew had children. So I just reached out to them and let them know, hey, I'm starting on this journey. And, hey, I might call you and ask you some weird random questions. Have you ever done it? Oh, oh yeah, dude. I, okay. I call and ask, I'll call and ask questions all the time just because, um, and we'll get into it a little bit of my story later, but, you know, I didn't really have an example growing mm-hmm. up, too. And so I felt really vulnerable and out of place because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any modeling. Um, and so, yeah, so that first thing I did was go talk to other dads. That's good, man. I think as, as dudes, you know, what I've been finding, you know, we're, I think, 25, 26 episodes in or whatever, is that uh, the vulnerability that men desire to have. And like when you hear dudes who are, you know, I don't want to say we're getting it, like we figured it out. Clearly it's a journey and we're working on it, but we're willing to enter that vulnerable state with ourselves and with other dudes. And I think it's, I think like we, we thrive and we desire that, but for whatever, I mean, culturally, obviously it's not something that's promoted, but that's what I hope to promote out of this is like, dude, be freaking vulnerable, cry at the the dog commercials, whatever. Yeah, but that's, that's how you grow, man. And if it, I, I honestly feel like if I'm not willing to kind of divulge and be completely transparent with somebody, I'm not going to be able to grow. Yeah. So if I'm really trying to grow in this area, I need to be real with somebody yeah. and just put it out there. So I, I, I need the targeted advice. You yeah. know, I don't need yeah. like this general. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I need specifics. Yeah. You know, so can you think of a question that you have asked a dude? totally putting you on the spot right now yeah. where you were like, man, I'm stuck right here. And I want to ask somebody and you ask them. Ooh. Oh my gosh. That's a, uh, that's a good one. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple actually. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to share. Uh, I'd I'd probably say like the, the, the date, the dating question. So mm. like explaining the, um, not as intense feeling to want to date like it was before we were married and like how to deal with that and how to like navigate it. So you're saying you and your wife dating yeah, or your kid getting into dating? Oh, me and my wife. Dating. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about, about, yeah. So, oh, you're talking about with kids. No, it could be any fatherhood for me. Fatherhood for me is, is all these buckets, kids, marriage, work, friends, community. Those yeah. are the buckets. Fatherhood is a posture towards life. It's yeah. not just being a dad. Absolutely. So yeah. So I would, um, yeah, just kind of asking like, hey, how did you navigate the date night thing, and how did you work? How did you work that out? You so, know? what'd you end up doing with whatever advice you were given? Scheduling, like not trying to be spontaneous and say that something was going to happen. You know, um, just being really intentional with scheduling when we were going to go out, making sure things were taken care of, like I like I used to. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. So um, what's funny is the same conversation just came up the other day about scheduling. So did you approach your spouse and say, "Hey, let's schedule our dates"? Um, in the beginning, I did, and I felt like that was um, n- not the best approach. Um, Why? And I say that because, um, like when we were when we not when we were dating, I I didn't do that. I just pretty much was like, "Hey, are you open on this night? Like, be ready at six. Like, we're gonna we're going out." You but know? but you were still planning. You still planned it. Oh yeah. But it didn't feel to her. 
that you are scheduling her in. Right, because right. Because she doesn't see what you're doing every day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but see, that's the that's the thing is I think more dudes would do it, but when you come up to your wife and say, hey, let's let's schedule this out every other Tuesday, they're like, you prick. Yep. I, you got to fit me into your schedule yep. because they're not seeing the full intent. It's so funny. We just had this conversation, but I think as you listen to another dude who's, you know, our marriage is messy. Okay, so yeah. let's not pretend like we got it yeah, all figured out. But uh, you're being intentional about it, and men and women think different. So the scheduling thing has worked for you. Yes. yes. Heck yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay, good. so what about a kid question? What's a kid question you've had that you've had to ask for advice? So I, so I, I my, my wife would describe me as a very patient person. So a, a, a lot of dads ask me about patience, but I, I never really struggle with patience. But one of the things that I did um, struggle with was um, explaining, to, basically explaining to my wife how I was so patient with things, you know, and like kind of her thinking something was a, 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 a big deal. And then like me saying, no, it's not a big deal. We can kind of work through this kind of like not being as like intense about it. Just kind of be more cool. Um, even if it was like discipline or just schedule or all kind of things. Like for me, I'm more of like the easygoing one. And so the questions, uh, you know, that I asked was kind of like, well, how do you, how do you balance out when, you know, your wife thinks this is a, a, a big deal and you're mm. kind of like, Oh, that's so how that. to also come their way? Yeah, because yeah. it might be a big deal, big deal to them. Oh yeah, absolutely, and it comes up all the time because you know, raised different. Like you know, she's raised, she's she's raised from her mom's from from Haiti, so she's raised kind of a different culture, and then I was raised in a different culture. So like, how do you how do you how do you approach this? Got with it. Kids, okay, you know? cool. All right, so this podcast, Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes. The idea is all of us have stories, so we're opening up our our field notes so we can share with other dudes. Yes. Uh, and rebel and create is a mantra for me and hopefully share it with others is, and there's so many things it could be applied to, but rebel against status quo of what you think you should be, what the world thinks you should be, maybe what the church thinks you should be yeah. and fight against that, tear down the wall and then create something out of that. Yeah. So what is something that you're currently rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? Yes, I've been waiting on this question, man, because this is uh, probably what I think about the most during the day right now currently. Um, and so I practice medicine, right? And mm -hmm. going into medicine was a, a big dream for me. It was something that it was a, it was a huge goal for me. Like nobody in my family had a four year degree. Nobody in my family's a physician. Nobody... It was something that was almost, it seemed unachievable, right? <clears throat> when did you want to get into medicine? My mom's a nurse, so I got the first vision of it at like eight. Okay. Like the first time I went to the hospital. And, uh, you know, I, I saw the physician, I saw the role, I saw the, saw the good that I was able to come out of it, and I was like, oh, man, I want to do this. So I go after it, boom, you know, I, it takes me forever to get in, and then I finally get in. And now I've been practicing medicine probably 10 years and I, I feel slightly trapped. And the reason why I say that is because my time freedom, because I, I, I went after success in a very specific way, like the field of medicine, right. right? And medicine comes with it long hours. You see patients. It is a grind. And um, I missed a lot of time with my 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 13 year old. We'll, we'll talk about that. But I missed a lot of time with her from divorce. And we lived in different states. 
And so now my young ones that are at home, I've got five, I've got three, six months. Now they're coming up on a time where there's it's a lot of activities now. So we're talking soccer and swim and all these things, yeah. right? And I'm realizing because of the career choice, I've because of the path that I went, I've basically set myself up where I don't have the time freedom that I really want. Mm. And I feel like I'm like, I'm, I'm like, pulling against the schedule now because I want to be there. And so what I'm rebelling against right now is that like traditional, like I got to be here at this time for this long, um, you know, working for somebody else. Like that's really what I'm rebelling against. And I'm trying to create a lifestyle that is focused on my family as the center. Like the center is the epicenter is the family. Like, what's yeah. the family activities? What the kids got going on? Like, that's the center. And then everything else kind of branches off of that. But, like, right now my life is like, I got to go work. Yeah. <laughs> like, you so know, how are you going to practically do that? I got to get it. Um, build, build my small business, man. Continue to build got the it. small business. And cut back, whereas I'm picking and choosing when I'm seeing the patient. So, like, I, I love practicing yeah. medicine, but it's just um, – it's just when, hey, I've, I've, I'm tied to this schedule, and it feels a little out of my control right now, um, and I want to have more control. So the, the, the idea is going to be is to continue to build the small business, build it up, build it up, build it up, so then I can say, hey, I'm only going to see patients on this day at this time, and I'm right. sorry my kid has this, so I'm not doing that this day. And, you, you know, so so that's But that's it's going to take work. It's going to take it, it takes time wait. to build that. Bro, it takes waking up at 345. And getting it, even yeah. when you know, even when I don't feel like it, right? And I got a comfortable life, and to the outside, you would say I'm successful. But when I'm feeling, I'm feeling trapped by a schedule. It's like every day I'm getting up, like nah, man. And and even the motivation to get up, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, like, why are you doing this? Why are you working so hard? I'm like, no, nah, do this for my family, man. So right. I can be there for my kids. Like, if there's, if nothing's gonna get you up, bro, like. Get up, right? It's hard to find. It's hard to not get trapped. Well, it's hard to not get wrapped up in, like, once I start getting into the work, sometimes I let the work define me and the work be the thing that's motivating me because I like to work. Yeah. You know, and it's that reminder that I'm doing this for the family. So, like, at a certain point, I got to also make sure that the time I do have, I'm, 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 Given them a good portion of my energy. Yeah, now I, the, the the biggest daggers that I get right now from my kids are uh, when they ask me if I'm gonna be somewhere and they know I'm not gonna be there. Hmm. Like, dad, are, dad, are you are you gonna come to this? And then I gotta say, oh, I gotta work. Yeah. That that is like, <laughs> dude, I'm talking about the biggest knife and like that's the biggest pain, you know. Um, but uh, you know, it's a journey. I think. Yeah. I think. I understand there's there's seasons of life, right? And so, like, I'm trying to establish, and okay, like, I got to be successful. I got to work. And now it's just this shift, man. It's just this total shift in, in priorities, man. And uh, so, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm creating right now. Dude, that's cool. So I do know some of your story from reading your book. Yeah. Um, but I would like to just dig into that a little bit is, is you have said that fatherhood changed kind of the trajectory of your life some yeah so what what do you mean what's it, up it changed everything bro so like <clears throat> so I, I was raised in i was raised in the church and so i, I kind of knew uh 
I kind of knew Jesus and what was kind of expected to me of me in life. And, and I went through a stage where I was like, I'm not doing any of that. Right. So I'm like, no, I'm doing everything I'm not supposed to be doing. So I'm out there living life, partying, drinking, drugs. What is this? Girls. High school, 20s? What high is this? school, end of, end of, uh, end of high school and pretty much college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, uh, from about 20 to about 25. Just and when you grew up, was it you and your mom? Me and my mom mostly. Yeah. And then where's your dad? My dad, my parents were married when I was like, until I was about five. And then my dad kind of exited and then I didn't really see much of him. So um, he was, he's a good dude, man. But like at the time he was, he was just young and he was just, he had his own demons, man. Do you like, have a relationship with him now? Oh yeah, we have a great relationship. Oh really? I talk, I talk to him probably more than I talk to my mom now. Interesting. Which is weird. And it shifted after I was like, after I became a father, actually 25, it kind of when it, when it shifted. But yeah, so my my dad, uh, you know, growing up, uh, he's an alcoholic. So uh, womanizer beat my mom, um, and I have very vivid images of those things wow. happening in in the house. Um, uh, you know, had some run-ins with the law. So you know, I remember police officers coming in my house, like you know, arresting my dad and wrestling all all kind of crazy stuff it's, it's it's weird when you have trauma happen when you're younger how vivid the memories are so uh when my parents were together my house was was crazy man like i didn't really know how it was gonna be like and was it just you as a kid it was me and my older sister so okay. i got an older sister she's three years older okay and so uh he would he would come home and you just didn't really know where he was at like if he had been drinking maybe he was in a good mood like if he had been drinking too much maybe it was about to be bad right. you know Damn. and uh, I always describe it like in, in other kids that have kind of grown up with alcoholics they probably can relate to this but like you can there's a look in the eye like you can see like as a kid I could tell you if my dad was good or like I need to stay away from this dude like just from his eyes hmm. like I could see in his eyes if it was if, if he had the demon on on them, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's what. It, yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> so, um, so you know, so that's kind of how 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 I grew up. So I didn't really have him around. So it's pretty much my mom, and uh, you know, I did pretty. I was a pretty good kid in high school. You know, I played sports and tried to try to do the. And where'd you grow up? Um, all over the place, man. So I'm from I'm from Missouri. So I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and then uh, I moved around a lot as a kid, though, man. So I lived in Memphis, Tennessee. I did. High school in Memphis, Tennessee. I did middle school in Atlanta, Georgia. Why'd you guys move so much? Um, jobs, a combination of jobs and because your mom was a nurse. My mom was a nurse okay. and um, marriage, and then uh, for a time after my parents got divorced, I lived in Arkansas for a year with my grandma because my mom couldn't really support us, so she she uh, she had me stay with my grandma for a while. So it was just a you know life you know just trying to life do the is best messy. you can. Yeah, trying to do the best you can. So moved around, do it all over the place, and. You know, I was I was a pretty, you know, straight edge kid for the most part. And then and I got to college and I was just kind of like, I'm going to do my thing, hmm. you know. And as a result of that, um, I uh, so I, I'm, I'm finished. I just graduate college and then I get accepted into like a, a, a postback program to go to medical school. It's like a one year program before you start medical school. And um, I was dating a girl at the time. I was dating several girls at the time. So just typical, just like womanizing behavior like not being real with anybody just all shallow relationships and I had my girlfriend at the time um she she calls me I had just moved to Philadelphia she calls me she tells me that she's pregnant dang and how old are you I'm 24 and so 
it's kind of like one of those things where I'm chasing this dream. I was in San Antonio at the time. That's where I went to school. And I just moved to Philadelphia for an opportunity to start medical school. And then I get this call um, that now I'm a dad. And immediately, like, I become the my my worst nightmare. And my worst nightmare, what I told myself I would never be was the absent father because that's what I saw. So I was like, I can do all kind of stuff in life, whatever, screw up. What the One thing I'm not going to do is have a kid that somebody sees my kid and they don't know who their dad is. Dang, yeah. Like, you know, so I was like, I'm never going to do that. And um, so I find myself in this situation where I'm across the country, uh, you know, a girl's pregnant with my baby and they don't they don't see the father of the of the kid. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I talked to everybody, get advice from many people as I can. I'm like, I got to fix this, man. I got to make this right. Like, we got to get married. Like, the only thing, how, how can I get her family to have her come up here? And, you know, I got to stay in school because this is how I'm going to provide and all this stuff. And how do I do this? And so we decide we're going to get we're going to get married. And then I'm like, well, how am I going to provide? Like, I'm going to be a full-time student. Like, how am I going to provide? So I start looking around for how can I make this happen? I joined the military. So I'm like, okay, I'm looking for options that are going to let me keep going after my dream but can address, like, my needs at the time. And the Air Force had a scholarship, the Health Profession Scholarship Program. And so I applied to the scholarship, got it, commissioned uh, as a, a second lieutenant in the reserve, and then my job was to go to, go to school. And so... I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to fix everything. I'm trying yeah. to put everything back together so that I can make this right. Like I'm trying to make it right. And um, so we get married. Three months later, we're married. She moves, and um, I'm I'm in school, and I'm I'm never there. Like I'm just trying to study, and I'm, I'm she 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 moves all the way across the country to be with a guy, and then all I'm doing is studying at school all day. First time she's ever been pregnant. First time she's ever been away from her family. Like, so, you know, one day, probably like three months later, I just, I come home to a note. She's gone. Dang. And, you know, I'm like, like, what do I do? You know, like, what do I do? And again, I try to. And now was the baby born at this time? No, she's still pregnant. She's still pregnant. Yeah. So she's still pregnant. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I've run out of the ability to fix things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I, I get myself in a situation and I'm backpedaling, trying to make everything right. And now it's just completely blown up. And she, I come home, you know, three months later, I get a note. And then it wasn't even a few months later, I get the divorce papers in the mail. So and is she talking to you? She's just like, oh, I'm at home. I needed to go home. Or was she not even hitting you up? I mean, we were talking a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't productive yeah, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was... and. You know, so, yeah, everybody's telling me all kind of different stuff. and That's and, heavy. And that's why, you know, I always tell, I always try to ask a lot of advice from a, di- a lot of different people. And I was getting just as much advice on both sides of this. Like, people were like, you got to leave. Like, you have to you have to go back to San Antonio. Like, you have to be there for your kid. Like, how in the world are you going to stay across the country? Like, your, your, your kid's down there. You're not going to be there. They're not going to see you. Like, you know, forget, forget med school. Like, you know, go to apply to another school, you know? So a lot of people are on that. And other people were like, man, like, you know, this is an opportunity for you. Like, you know, stay, figure this out. You know what I mean? Finish, go after this so you can provide for your kid. Like, you know, take this opportunity. Don't leave, do not leave that, you know? And so it was on both sides. And man, let me tell you, dude, this is the lowest moment in my life. 
And the only the thought that I had to shake was I was living my worst nightmare. I was the deadbeat dad at that point. So it was so hard for me to wake up and tell myself it was okay. Nothing was okay. Mm. I wake up. Why am I going to get up? I'm going to engage with somebody. They see me. They see the deadbeat dad. Oh, I'm going to act like things aren't, act like everything's all hunky-dory? Like, right. Uh, no. Like, you know, it's not. So, man, I was I was clinically depressed, man, for six months. Like I could not get out of I could not get out of bed. I couldn't go out of my apartment, dude. All I had to do is read the Bible for like two or three hours every day just to get enough of like reading what it was telling me I was, encountering like what my brain was telling me I was, uh, just to get up, man. Um, but so were uh, you still doing school and stuff? Like yeah, you, you'd get the energy up and you'd go do what you had to <clears throat> I'd do. Go to class and come back and just try to study and. And I just, you know, I just kept telling myself, like, man, I was doing this so I could provide for my daughter. Like, you are here for a reason. Like, you're suffering for a reason, you know. And, uh, and man, I just, I just finally came out of that. And, oh, dude, this is the crazy, the, the story is nuts. So we're not even talking. And she's getting ready to go into labor. And I don't even know how I'm going to, I have, she doesn't answer my call. No one's telling me anything. Her family's not talking to me, nothing. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm trying to, like, figure out get me some updates you know like when do i need to fly there no one's communicated with me like i became like the enemy you know what i mean um and their family's like real close-knit man i mean family you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna protect yours you know what i mean so they were just like nah forget this dude man and i thank god for this woman every single time i see her uh her mom she called me when she went to the hospital. I don't know what got into so her. So you thank God for the mom. Oh, my gosh. Her mom, she's the only reason I saw my, my daughter born. She's the only person. Why and do you think she called you? I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. Because like, you're saying you're the deadbeat, yeah. right? I mean, you're saying that's what you felt like. Yeah. But you had the intention deep down. You're like, God, I want this to be right. I just don't know how to fix this. Yeah. I didn't have an example. I don't have my own dad right now to call upon. Yeah. But some at some point that changed. So yeah. she calls you and you go. She calls me, man, and I'm like on the plane like the next day. I make it and I'm I'm there and I'm like God, like I don't know. I I don't know what I, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't get to see this is my only kid. Like I didn't get to see the birth of my my firstborn child. Like I was just so afraid I was. Were you excited to, be to become a dad? Dude, I so this is how I explain and this is how I explain to myself like while I was out wilding in the world like doing my thing I, I, I was okay with just walking myself right to hell like I'm just gonna take me fine like I'll go but as soon as like I became a dad the image in my head was like me holding my daughter's hand and living that lifestyle and then walking her right to hell too I was like nah dude I'm not I'm, I can't do this like you know and so I think part of the reason why uh the the you know my my first marriage fell was because I com- I completely changed as a person like I I started doing things I I started going to church <laughs> I wasn't going to church before so hang marriage. on you said you think your first marriage failed why I completely changed like I was another person after I became a dad I I completely changed like everything changed so before it was like partying. Drinking. So you're saying that your that first marriage failed because you were partying and drinking and doing stupid stuff. No, so I was doing that before we got married. So right. we we would do those things together. Like you know, okay. this is the part. So is, she didn't want 
the changed Clarence. I was a totally different person. And to her and to her credit, I, I was. I completely changed. It was radical. And was she not – did you want to try to make that whole thing work? Or I, I did, and I went about it the uh, probably the wrongest way you could go about it. So it, it, I became like this, uh, we got to go to church. Like, so the re- baby's born, and then do you try and stay with her still or no? So we – Yes, I'm. 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 I'm trying. You know, I'm. I'm trying. And but she's bit. like, I don't want to do the church thing. I don't want to do any like, of that That's stuff. That's not like, you. Like, yeah. who, who, is who this are guy? you? Yeah. Who's this dude? Like, I've been. We were dating four years. I've been partying with you for almost four years. You never talked about going to church. Now all of a sudden you're a dad, and now all of a sudden you you're a Jesus follower. <laughs> like, get out of here, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, um, and so it was just kind of this, and like I said, and it was me just kind of realizing, hey. I've I've done my thing, man. Like I've I've got some responsibilities that are bigger than me now. It's legacy, and um, I, I need to I need to wrap this up. And so that shift was was not I was not the person that she married because I I mean I, that she dated I completely changed. So baby's born. Do you go back to Philadelphia? Yeah. So have the have the baby. I go back. Uh, Ch- Chanel. She, she's my thirteen year old, and oh my gosh, she's she's awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So much of me and her, I'm just like, oh, my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, so I go back to uh, to Philadelphia, and then it's uh, it's every four to six weeks I'm just flying back, you know. And it was just it was just so hard in the beginning, man, just because our relationship had just, you know, our marriage had just failed, and then I'm trying to be a dad, and I have to communicate with her to find out where things are and doctor's appointments and all kind of stuff. So it was just, it was just difficult, man, but... Uh, yeah, every six weeks I was on the plane, man, going back and, and spending a couple of weeks. And what was probably the most painful was when they're really little, like they have like stranger anxiety, man. And like I was a stranger to her for several months. And so um, it was just painful, man. Like, you know, I'm I'm trying so hard to make this right. I'm trying so hard to be the dad that I know I need to be. I'm trying to be present. And I'm fighting and I'm fighting and I'm fighting. And then I I get there and the handoff is horrible because she's screaming because she doesn't even want to come with me. Yeah. You know? Um, so I always tell my, 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 I tell this story because I feel like your painful moments in your life, for me at least, have given me the, my passions. So the reason I'm so passionate right now about my family, like, and the reason why I'm, you know, I'm working to come up out of the workplace so I can be there is because I've had pain when it comes to, like, not being with your kid, your kid not knowing you, your kid being away from you. Like, I, that's, I've already lived that. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> like, I'm, I can't do that anymore, you know? Yeah. So uh, it was crazy, man. It was, it was a, a a crazy time, but I I do feel like God uses those things to solidify your conviction in certain areas. And so you talk to me about family, you talk to me about my wife. I'm so on the I'm I'm so on the family side now. It's I'm you're not, you're not convinced me any otherwise. <laughs> so how do you how when you're in that moment of like, dude, you're trying so hard. Yeah. Like what's that motive? I mean, I know you said you didn't you never wanted to be the deadbeat dad. Yeah. So that was like a piece of it. Right. But how do you stay engaged, motivated to not just be like, I guess nobody wants me here and it's just too hard. So I'm just going to roll out, which seems like kind of the answer 
that some dudes choose. Yeah. And that was uh <laughs> that was the advice I got from a lot of a lot of guys like just dude, she's going to be like she's going to be a pain. She's going to be a pain, dude. Like just just let her let the kid grow up and then once they get older, then you guys can start your relationship. And I got that advice so many times. Damn, that advice sucks. But I knew I knew in my heart though that that would be the cop out. Like I knew in my heart that would be me giving up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like in my brain I was like I'm the originator of this problem in my life. Like so you I, owned it. Oh yeah, I am the one that have, has gotten myself in this position. I'm the one that tried to backpedal into the marriage. I'm the one that was, you know, sleeping around and you know, getting girls pregnant. I mean, I'm the one that tried to to make this thing happen, right? So I'm I'm to thank. So I'm going to suffer. But at a certain point it seems like you weren't necessarily looking at it as a problem. Yeah. Right. Like once you became a dad, it wasn't this is a problem. No. There was something else. There was like this. Uh, I mean, you said it a couple of times. I'm the dad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the dad. This is my responsibility. And another dude said that on the podcast. His answer to a question I asked him was, "I'm the father." Dude, okay. like think about that sentence for a minute. Like if you, as a man, look in the mirror and you're like, "I'm the father. Yeah. I'm the dad." And my whole hope is that that means something. Right. It means something. You're showing me that through your actions of your story is like, yes, it was a problem. Or let's say it was a something that came about from your actions that weren't, you're saying, the best of actions. Yeah. But now you're going to own this new responsibility it's this new role, yeah. right? Like, dude, this I have this gift to bring life in. Whether it came about the way I wanted to or not, it's here. And I'm going to own it the same way as if it would have been this, like, quote, unquote, like, uh, the way that it happens, you right. know? Right, Yeah. So how's your relationship with your daughter now? It's amazing, man. How's so, it amazing? So I, I think... Like I said, she's uh, she's got a lot. So she's really into dance. So she is a competitive dancer, and she travels around and does all these competitions, and she's really into that. And so at my when I was her age, I was really into basketball, and so she's she's really passionate um, about her dance, and so she's a, she's a competitor. So we we have a lot in common in that sense. Like she wants to do well, like she she wants to achieve, and um, but I think. She, the reason our relationship is so great is because I don't know, actually, I don't know how I did this. I don't know. How, maybe it's not me. God has done it. But um, she she can communicate with me, man. Like she, she can tell me when I'm screwing up or when I didn't do something or when I made her feel a certain way. And that has been the saving grace for our relationship because I take that feedback and I know, like, this is a young girl that's talking to her father, and now she's about to tell him something about him. So I know that takes courage on her part. How does she – okay, so say she's going to tell you something that yeah. frustrates her. Yeah. How does that conversation – like, what does, she, what does she do? Like, how does that conversation start? So I have tried to – and from feedback from her, because I have other kids um, – feedback came really early like dad like I, I just want to hang out with you like when you come and visit me this is early right so this is like one of the first things she ever told me how old was she you think she was probably I remember very she was six or seven because it was when 
uh, I had my next kid. Okay. So you visit her. Yes. She's six or seven. And you have another kid with you. Yeah. Or, or my family. My Your family. Because I'm, I'm remarried at this point. And, and I've got... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she says to you, I just want some time with you. Yeah. Yeah. So does her mom communicate well with you? At that point, not Okay. Much. That's fine. Right. So there's something that you cultivated, either a consistency with her or something where, because dude, if every dad could hear this and go, okay, my 13 year old, I want to cultivate a, a, a relationship with them where they speak to me. Yeah. And one, they feel comfortable to speak to me. Right. Two, I'm I'm gonna respond well. Yeah. If they tell me something, I might not want to hear. Right. So how right. do you? So, so is there any practical things that you you're, know? I, I, that as you I'm can, thinking, man, I'm like, oh god, I'm like, god, give me something because I'm like these. Yeah, these it's a guys. tough question. Yeah. Um. But I would I would probably say the most important thing, um, or, or one of the things I've been really intentional about is. Uh, letting her know that I'm not perfect, letting her know that mm. I don't know everything, and letting her know that like I can I can screw up, and how and it's a, kind of a weird way, but like how I knew that that was important is because my my dad was just a complete just he didn't do a great job at all as a father, and so I felt so comfortable telling him things. Because I'm like, dude, like you've screwed up so much. Like, what are you gonna say to me? Like, I'm not gonna say anything. Like, I'm a, yeah, I failed a class, Dad. Like, I failed a class. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. So, but part of it was because uh, he was never judgmental. Like he, because he, I don't know why he just he was just kind of like, all right, cool. Like, so that's kind of cool. I mean, that's something you learned from your dad before the age of five or around <laughs> five, right? Now, it wasn't in the best of way you're saying, but it's right. something because I think we all look at our parents, whether they were good or bad, right? especially our dads. Okay. Let's say it. Moms are always awesome for yeah. the most part. Dads shape us a lot, especially, I mean, men and women, right? They, the dads shape us. So you found something to learn from your dad. Yeah. I, I knew that I could talk to him about anything and there wasn't going to be, because I knew he wasn't perfect. It wasn't like he was, he was intentionally telling me, okay. Hey, I'm not perfect. You hey, saw it. I saw it. <laughs> but okay. So you're saying that you have chosen to be vulnerable and open and transparent to your daughter. And because you've done that, she's able to go, well, my dad doesn't have everything fully figured out, but, and he's also taught me from maybe his own failure. So I feel good enough to talk to him. If I had to pick one thing, I'd probably say that's probably the thing that I think has, has, has built. And so that's, what's so cool about our relationship is because when we have that time, and so now it's 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 a bunch of one-on-one time. We hang out. It's just me and her. We sit down, and whenever she wants to do, we hang out. And if she's got something to tell me. She's Dad, I got to talk to you about something. And then she she just gives me the truth, man. And it's like gold. And so, like, I'll give you an example. Like last summer, I didn't do such a. So she comes to visit in the summer. Yeah. Last summer, I didn't do such a great job with like. Uh, setting up activities for her. I was just kind of like, oh, you're going to be here, you know, be a part of the family. Like this stupid logic, like she needs to know what it's like to be a part of the family. Like this is a normal schedule. Like we do all this stuff, just dumb logic. And so she comes back after the summer and she's like, hey, dad, um, yeah, I'm, I'm 12. But like, I mean, I don't want to spend my summer like playing on the floor with like three and four year olds because, you know, my other kids, I'm, I'm like babysitting all summer. I come out here. It's not fun. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I put myself in her shoes. And I'm like, you're right. Like, I wouldn't look forward to coming here. She's like, 
and I'm like, okay, all right, sweetheart, like, how, what, what can we do? Like, what would you like to do? Like, okay, I, I have to work. Like, I can't take off every day. I can't take six weeks off while you're here. How can we fix this? And she's like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to dance. I want to dance every other weekend. So let's, all right. I'm like, okay, perfect. Look for all the dance conventions, like everywhere. And I'm like, West Coast, we're good. Every other weekend, it's me and you, wherever we're going to go. And so we just set up every other weekend for her to go to a dance convention, go up and take class, like go somewhere. So uh, I did a better job this summer. But if she hadn't have, you know, she hadn't told me, hey, like, I, I, I don't like coming, you know, like, uh, this is not fun. Um, you know. Dude, this is gold. So say a dude's listening right now and they haven't cultivated that relationship with their 10 to 15 year old daughter or son. Yeah. Okay. What are some things you think they could do to start cultivating that relationship? Whether, whether your kid is visiting because of a divorce or the kid already lives with you all the time. Yeah. How do you cultivate that relationship if it's been years and years of just normal life and you've never done it? Um, the first thing that popped in my head was like, was the word like respond. So if, if, if something does come to you, if they make, if you know that there's a need or if you know that there's something like respond to what they say, like, you know, if, if they're talking or if they say something like actually respond to it, not respond like verbally, but like do something different, Hmm. like because they have said something. And, you know, I feel like that gives the kid, uh, they know that they're heard. They know that their words have power. How they feel is important. They're valued. And I don't care that you're, you know, 12 years old. Like, you can say how this has made you feel. And you know what? Your dad's going to do something different. You know? Um, so th- that's the first thing that came to mind. Just and like, we all have the respond. ability to do that. Yeah, do something different, man. If they that's, what something. I, that's what I love about fatherhood. It's like, it doesn't matter if I'm married, if I'm divorced, if I'm a single dad, if if I've got a great job or just a mediocre job fatherhood's a level playing field yeah right i mean you put me up against anybody these humans are the only ones that get to call me dad i'm the one i'm the dad i'm the father i'm the one who needs to show them that i could respond and i can respond yeah you know and and hearing your kid and then doing something about it Yeah. yeah dude we we all have the ability to do that yep i think too is if your kid's not asking, like, go ask them. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can ask and listen. Ask and listen and then do something. I, but I, I think the most powerful thing is, like, re- respond, man. Do something. Action. Do something about it, man. So because I'm actually, I'm actually cutting her legs off if she speaks to me and then I don't do anything. If she if she says something or my kid or any of my kids, you know, if she says something, and we're just talking about my daughter, I haven't talked about my sons and all that, but um, yeah, I'm actually working against our relationship if I don't respond. But I'm building it, like I'm seeding into it if I do something different. Dude, you know? and okay, you want to talk like, we might be a dad who's just busy all the time, whatever, but I have a daughter and my hope is that I'm setting her up for success. Yeah. And if I'm not responding to my daughter... She's going to go find some dude who mm-hmm. also doesn't respond. Yeah. And she's just going to become this, you know, the wife. Yeah. She's got to. Instead of trusting she has a voice and finding a dude who isn't just going to walk all over her because right. her voice doesn't matter. Exactly. And none right. of us want that. Right. But once it's once she's 30, dude, it's. I mean, the works now if yeah. you got little ones. You absolutely, know? absolutely, man. Dang it, want to be a good dad? Yeah, yeah. No, but it's you know it's um it's it's a journey, man. But you know I, 
like I said, I, I, I know my posture from a fatherhood standpoint is that I'm trying to learn and I'm always looking for opportunities to learn and I can learn from anyone. I can learn from my kids. I can learn from mm. other dads. So my posture is not like, and it's because of my, my, my story and my history, my posture is always like, I'm always open to learn. Like I don't have this figured out. Like the, you know, I, I can improve in, in an area. So I'm, I'm open to that feedback. Heck yeah. And it's at any age as a, as a man, if you're mm. a father, I don't care if your kid's one or 51 they still need you. You're still the only dude that they call dad. And I don't think it's ever too late. So we'll wrap up in a little bit, but I have another question for you. And then if there's anything else that's kind of on your mind, talk to me a little bit about you have a little one. Yeah. And clearly it's not working out with the mom. You finish school and you're going to get married and do have a do over. (laughs) Yeah. How do you navigate doing that um, as well as like having a kid? And how old is your kid when you decide I'm going to get remarried? Yeah, so let me see. So we got married and so she was six uh, when we actually, when I, when, when I got married to my wife. Um, but my approach was this. So some people call it extreme or whatever, but like. You don't I, seem too extreme. <laughs> I, I, I went back and I looked at all of the mistakes that I made, um, and I tried to correct them. So I tried to uh, behave in a way that was going to produce something that I wanted in the future, opposed to acting out of character in the moment and not thinking that that's going to produce something in the future. So, like, I had a clear example in my past. In my past. Okay, you want to act out of character? You want to be wilding out? Okay, listen, that's going to produce fruit in your future mm. and you don't you might not think about it right now but trust me brother what you're doing today it's gonna affect you in the future okay so i'm like all right i got that clear as day from, learn that lesson i learned that lesson boom yeah. check all right i get to a point where i'm like okay because i always wanted a family you know i always wanted that right i always prayed to god I always asked like i want to uh, give me a family give me a family i want a family and that was always a desire of mine and so when i got ready to date my man i I feel like sometimes you're talking about your your wife. I'm like, I wish she could be here. Um, so our oh, first, well, she'll hear this. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just so intentional in the beginning uh, with with her because I did not, I didn't want to like try to backpedal and make this this girl wifey, and I had been you know screwing her over beforehand. Like I wanted it to start like wifey like quality of interactions like in the beginning. So extreme, man. Our first date. So I courted her like crazy, but I knew I was ready. I'm like, okay, I'm not out here doing what I was doing before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this the right way. Our first date, I, I sit down and I'm like, uh, Chanel, I'm looking for a wife. Your daughter. I, my S- wife's name is Chanel too. Oh my! I got okay. two Chanels. Okay. So I'm like, uh, Chanel, I'm looking for a wife. Like, so did she know you? I mean, you guys have known each other for a minute then. Yeah, we had, we had, um, I mean, she kind of knew me. I mean, like we met through a, uh, um, a classmate of mine was dating her best friend Okay, and then they, you know, they hooked us up, but, um, so your first date, like our, the first real date, you've kind of been date. around each other a couple times though. Yeah. We had like a, a couple of group dates together. Okay. Okay. And then, and uh, you're what, like 31 or something? I am 28. Oh, 28. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 28 when we first met. Yep, and then we got married when I was 31. Okay. So we're uh, we're 28. I sit down. I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to play around. 
Like I'm like, I'm looking for a wife, and <laughs> this is my intention from the front. Like this is what I'm trying to do. Like I don't want a shallow relationship. I don't want any of that. Um, so I was extreme in that sense, kind of putting my intentions out there. And then you know, obviously, I sexual activity beforehand. Like I was like, no, like I didn't, I didn't touch her. I didn't kiss her for six months. Nothing. I I was like. I don't want any part of that. Like, I don't want you to think any sort of way that I'm trying to get in your pants or anything. Like, I'm serious looking for a wife. Like, no. Like, you know, even to a fault sometimes, you know, it was just kind of like, no, nah, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, so just, you know, long story short, man, I was just like, hey, every mistake that I made, like, I don't want to redo that again. Like, I don't want to find myself hooked up with somebody that, you know, doesn't share my faith, that doesn't want the same thing that I want. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that road again. But what I'm hearing, okay, so as you say it, like you said, I don't want somebody that doesn't want the same things that I want. Yeah. But I know you and I know your intention isn't I want somebody to go live my life with me. You wanna find somebody that you can go live a life with together. For sure. Like what is it like that you want to that I want those things to align. Yes. So that we're living this life together. Yeah, absolutely. Which is incredible, right? Like Dude, let's let's move towards that. Yeah. So how did she respond when you're like, I'm looking for a wife? She she thought it was uh, she, she, she I guess she thought it was game. Like she thought I was just you know, oh, okay, that's your line. You know, oh, get the girls she like was, hooked gotcha. in. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. But um, you know, it was a. Uh, but then you showed her that your intention yeah, was I, serious. Then I showed Six her. Months, you know, went this after is it. what I want. And then it's so it's so weird. Um, but and and then also, I wanted someone that was uh, and and God just kind of man just dude lines lines everything up. So first I'm like, okay, uh, how do I know that this is the one, right? And I'm like, okay, God, I need to make it like you need to make it like super clear for me. Like I mean, I'm like you got to dumb it down, like make it like so obvious, right? And the girl's name is Chanel, yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. you know, I'm like okay, thank you, you know. Um, <laughs> But um, Chanel, my, my wife, and my daughter both uh, have a passion for dance. And so it was this instant connection. Mm. They could speak the same language. And then she was kind of drawn to her uh, because she danced competitively. And, and they kind of had a lot of stuff in common. So, you know, her being comfortable um, with the fact that I, I, I did have a, a kid and I did have some baby mama drama um, the fact that she understood and she believed, she believed in me and she believed in the type of dad that I was. She believed in the type of, of husband that I wanted to be. Um, that was really, that was really, really important to me. And, um, so when, when did you introduce her to your daughter and how that, how did you tackle that? Like, all right, my daughter's six. Yeah. So she gets it and she already has a good relationship well, when we with met, you. she was, I think she was actually, th- she was, she was three. Oh, when you got married, she was yeah, six. When we, yeah, when we got married, she was six. And so... Um, so she kind of grew up knowing her. she was around then. Yeah, she, she 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 didn't really know she was around until about two, two and a half years in when I I was about to... I knew I was Oh, so you just, you just kind of let it go because I'm not going to bring this drama in in case it doesn't... I didn't want... So my mom... And I, everything is from my past, man. I, stuff that I saw. So my mom went through like this dating after like my uh, my parents' divorce, and I saw these different dudes coming in. Like, you know, she's going out with these different guys and stuff. And um, 
I just didn't like how it felt. You mm. know what I mean? And then these dudes coming over to the house and trying to be nice to me, like, bro, you're trying to date my mom, dude. Like, yeah, come of course on, you're trying on, to be nice. Don't to come me. over here talking about, oh, little buddy, what you want, to, dude? Oh, I don't want to talk man. to you, bro. And I, I know this at like six years old. Right? I'm not stupid, dude. Like, I look in your eyes. I know you're not genuine. So I was like, I don't, uh, I don't want my daughter to have that story. I don't want her to be like. Dad was a player, and he started dating all these women, and I saw him with a different woman. Every time he saw time. me, there was a different there girl with him. There was a different him. chick yeah. with him or something, and I was like, no. You know, nobody's Smart coming man. in contact with her until I'm pretty sure that this is the one. I'm as sure as I can get. And so that's when I, that's when I introduced them. So <clears> when <throat> did you introduce them? It was when about, you, like, it wasn't, you're not already married. It was six months before I proposed. So it was six months before you proposed. Before I proposed to her. And then how did that go? Like, okay, so you introduce, they meet, your daughter's six years old, almost six. I think she was five at the time. Okay. Yeah, almost six, yeah, right, right. So then, but you know you know, you want to propose. Mm-hmm. Chanel, your wife, is you know maybe thinking it's going that way. Yeah. But you're like, hey, I want to introduce you to my daughter. Yes. And she's like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. And then how do you prep your daughter on that? Um. Not a, not a lot of prep because I didn't want it to be like a a, a big big deal, God, dude. Every it's so good, bro. You know, I, Everything you're saying is so good. Keep keep yeah, going. I'm I, sorry. I, I didn't want it to be like this huge 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 deal. So I didn't I didn't prep her a lot. Um, but you know I was I, you know I just introduced her. Hey, this you know this is Chanel and she's she's a friend of Dad's and um, you know we're gonna be hanging out and we started hanging out, man. And they just hit it. I mean they just hit it off. And it was like the what else could you freaking like hope the for? Most dude. Beautiful thing, and I was like, "Thank you," because like this is what I was, you know. And then when I got ready, I was so I, I can't. <clears throat> oh, I just gotta tell her how it is, man. I, I wanted my daughter to be there when I proposed to her. Hmm. I was already thinking like, no, like I need to show her at five years old, like this is what a man's gonna do. And um, so when I, you know, when I set it up. I had my I had my dad and I had my daughter. We went out to went out to dinner and I proposed like right there. And my daughter was right there. She saw everything. Did she know it was going to come? She didn't know it was coming. Okay. Uh-uh. So, um, but I, just the intentionality, man. I was just really intentional. So your question is like, oh, how do you go from you know having this failed marriage and then you know in this kind of messiness and then trying to you know trying to date someone else like i would say number one thing is just be intentional man and i was just like super intentional dude i mean i hear your story and i hear okay you date for a couple years so you're being really wise about not having people in and out yeah you don't just show up one day with a wife which right sometimes happens because you know a dude's like god i don't even know what to do so i guess i'll just do it and then right deal with the ramifications you know it's going to happen so you guys you let them meet and then from the day that it's going to be something real, you let her see the beauty of it. Because you know they're already connected. They dig each other. Right. And so she's sitting there, and you're inviting her to be a part of it. Why'd you have your dad there? You know, you know I, I wanted it to be uh, like a... a I don't know. I just wanted it to come full circle, man. Like I, I wanted so I'm going to ask you like a weird welcome. question. Up to this point, because you're 26 now, right? I keep going to the age. It doesn't matter. At that point, I was 28, almost 28, yeah. Okay. And you've known your dad for a few years because you rekindled when you got... 25. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you think your dad was proud of you? 
Yeah, I know he was proud of me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, Did you I, still long for approval from your dad? Still to this day, bro. It doesn't stop. Yeah, I'm just trying to get at... It yeah, not, I mean, it, it, never it doesn't stop, right? No. He's like the ultimate, like, approver, stamper dude. Like, Do you think that's why you had him at your... Uh... I, I think that probably had a little bit to do it. I don't know if I was consciously aware right, of right. that, but yeah, it probably did. I don't. I don't know if that would ever go away, man. It's just you. You hit. I mean, that's just the truth about. It. I don't know why it is, but something with your dad, man. And this, like I said, my dad was crazy, man. My dad was. A, he was. He was a. You know. He just wasn't the ever, greatest dad. But I still wanted his approval. <laughs> Do you ever wonder if your mom loves you? Uh, no. No, never. Right. I feel like we ask a million people that question, and for the most part. Regardless of what your relationship right. is with your mom, there's never a doubt. No. But with a father, there's some other, there's something else there where we need to know. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I know for me at least, like I, and uh, I needed to, I, I, I wanted to understand how he could leave and not. You know what I mean? Not like look back and just have like a kid there, like have his son there. And he gave me his name. And that's one of the reasons why like everywhere you see Clarence Lee Jr., man, because like I'm proud that at least the whole time like he wasn't there. But the whole time I knew I was a junior and the whole time I, I knew there was some intention behind mm. my name and there was some legacy in that. Oh, so that's even kind of crazy. So you're Clarence Lee Jr. Yeah. And is that what you'd write on your papers when you're in eighth grade? I, not until I got older was I intentional about like... Because you're like, screw it when you're a yeah, kid probably. Yeah, I was a kid, yeah. But then at a certain point. But intentionally, you were also not writing it. Right. Intentionally knowing I am this, but I'm not even going to own that. Right. Dude, it's so, so it, it's, yeah, the fatherhood but, thing is dude, deep, it's, it's man. Deep. It is, it is, and um, you know, I'm just, you know, after after you know after I got older, we started connecting, man. I mean, you just that that relationship is is always something that that I wanted. That mm. relationship was always something that I longed for, and you know, I'm gonna bounce, I'm gonna bounce uh, stuff off of my dad, you know. I'm gonna bounce it off to him for for the rest of my life, like you know, even though I know he may not have the same views as me or whatever and everything, but I'm still, I'm always going to ask him. That's cool. You know? Dude, Clarence, this has been such a wonderful conversation around fatherhood. I just get so excited talking about fatherhood and marriage and kids and yeah. all of it. It just, it matters so much. And I know it matters to you. Yeah, and, man. uh, I mean, shoot, we keep talking, you know, you got four kids. Yeah. I'm like, we know, only got to one, <laughs> but, um, but I love, you know, the, what you're doing and, Keep out that grind, man, for your yeah. family. Yeah. Keep being that intentional dad with all your kids, intentional husband, yeah, and uh, sharing that with the world, man. Keep it up. Absolutely. I, pre- I appreciate it, bro. Well, I'm, I'm excited for what you're doing. You know, I'm behind this like yeah. gazillion percent. So um, I just think this message, man, needs to be heard. Folks need to be focusing on the, the power that you have as a father. And the one thing I was thinking when I was coming, when I was driving over here, I was like, I need to tell dads that they have superpowers, man. Like, it's not about being a superhero, but it's about understanding that that father role has superpowers. You yeah, know? You, you literally, uh, you know, we joke about how the dude gets like five seconds of helping to make the baby, you know, right. and then we kind of joke like the mom does everything. But when the, once that baby comes, the influence that you have mm. 
is who it is deep man yeah. and as we talk about it i know dudes are sitting there going yeah man I, I i really long for my own dad's approval so be that for the kids you have Come regardless on. of how you're feeling like that's how your kids are gonna feel when they're 30 35 40 50 60 70 right <laughs> so it's like dude we have superpowers superpowers man to bring life into the world, not just through some really incredible fun act, but also through every action we do the remainder of our life. Right. So good, bro. It's good, man. Heck yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, man. What another great conversation. I just so appreciated Clarence being so transparent and sharing, you know, just the transition in relationship. I think we can just take so many nuggets from that conversation and apply them to our lives and just building a culture of conversation with our family and our daughters and children, really. So that was killer. So thank you to Clarence. Uh, Make sure to go check out the Kickstarter campaign that runs through December 4th. We need your help and uh, get yourself a journal because it's going to be killer. Uh, And also, please go like us on Facebook as well as on Instagram. And if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. It helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. I want to thank you to all you dads out there listening to the Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do really matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood.